Okay, Max. Uh, so I think we're like three weeks, maybe a month into serious Rona stuff. I mean, I feel like it only got serious maybe in the last two weeks or so. But, uh, mm. you know, we're like things are quarantining. We're recording this on, uh, what is today's date? March 18th, Wednesday, March yeah. 18th. Well, I mean, I, I feel like uh, such a fucking hipster about everything. Like I'm like just ahead of the curve. You know, I was I was worried about it before anyone else, but I fucking was, man. Anybody who's in the know reading the news, like they were worried about this shit. Yeah, you're the you're you're the Paul Giamatti in that. Well, I guess any fucking science like epic disaster flick where he's like, you don't understand. We gotta close the beaches. You know what I mean? Like that's you. You right. were on this shit well before. Uh, yeah, as as we all remember fondly, Paul Giamatti's famous role in Jaws. <laughs> I said, what was the movie he was in that like 2012 or something? Like a movie where it's he's such a better actor than this film is. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And his his only role was to play the guy. It's like oh, I don't think you understand. You know, like he gets right. really shitty about how bad everything's going to be, and no one listens to him. That was you, man. You're the Brian Cranston and Godzilla. You know, etc. Any of those guys. Bad movie. I, I mean, like you, you were what a little bit worried about it, right? I was never worried about it for me. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, and I think that's the weird thing we have to kind of get past as a populace is like, yeah, it's probably not going to fuck with you. It's not about you. It's, it's a weird thing that I feel like other countries get this in a way that we don't because other countries have already kind of rallied behind the like, okay, take more of my money so everyone can be taken care of. You know what I mean? So like that whole social responsibility thing, I think is ingrained in some countries a lot more than here. I mean, I saw something like, I have fucking idiot friends still going to the gym. I saw, did you see Clearwater beach the other day? Pack in Florida. Just yeah. It was like packed, packed, right? Yeah. You're all there, there, was like, there was like some kind of like a uh, gay festival in Miami or something where like, it was just like packed full of people. Like it was some kind of music or dance fest. I don't really know. And it's just like, people are not, uh, some people are well, like if, if you look at like pictures of New York, they did aerial photography before and after pictures at famous yeah. monuments. And like, it's totally cleared out now. It's Seems Obama's like, inauguration versus Trump inauguration. Uh, exactly. In scale. Yeah. Seems like people are, are taking it seriously, at least in some pockets of the world. And I mean, New York has higher cases and probably because it has more testing than anywhere else in the country right now. Um, yeah. LA yeah, just got it shit together. LA has a dedicated testing system now. We have tests, which are awesome because we didn't before. Uh, right. But I think we're at like 199 cases confirmed here. Uh, which is terrifying. Yeah, we're we're over like two thousand in New York now. Yeah, that's nuts. Sure. Uh, yeah, and and my whole thing about it though is just like, yeah, we're taking it seriously because like we, I guess, have already seen some of the effects of it. And I guess Florida is not a super super populated. Well, I mean, it's populated, but not population density. Right? People aren't on top of each other in the same way. Um, right. But like LA is completely cleared out, man. Like it's crazy to just be on the streets. I go for walks all the time. Right. Because mm -hmm. like I don't want to be in my house and it's just no one's outside. Uh, and so it's yeah. encouraging at the same time. It's like people aren't getting the memo in other parts of this country. And I don't mm -hmm. know what to do about it. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's surreal, man. I, I don't know what to say. Like, like, because it, like you said, it's not just about us. And I mean, it is still scary to get it even just for you. Like okay. you could, there's a lot of unknowns here. You could potentially lose like up to 18 or 20% of your lung function, even if you're healthy and you get it. Uh, if you have some kind of an ex extreme case, um, I know that younger people are like, they call a mild case, anything that doesn't require uh, the breathing apparatus yeah, to help you continue yeah. breathing. Um, 
so like that doesn't sound very mild to me um i've had flus that were pretty fucking awful yeah. uh so not looking forward to the eventuality of me getting this thing yeah i was trying to explain to you and it's weird because it's like and not that i need to explain to you but I, the, the ongoing joke here is that like max hates sports but he doesn't really he hates me talking about how much he hates sports but what i was mm-hmm. trying to get you to understand which is like i don't know man in my entire life I've never seen one league get canceled for any amount of time, let alone every single league in the entire world. It's not like America only, like Italy, no sports, nothing's going on. Movie theaters completely closed. I mean, let's talk about that. We talk about like unprecedented times. You and I, and I think most people have been like, you know, we live in the streaming age. Why can't we just like get this shit VOD? You can charge 40 bucks and people will just go see it absolutely not this will never happen and here we are <laughs> like we have we've we've done this now as a necessity it's so crazy the amount of things that are happening as a result of it you know well yeah if this thing happens for like a year or something like it, it makes you wonder um will we uh just permanently alter business models as a result will theaters stay shuttered in in large quantities aside from the big chains like I don't know. Like these businesses can't survive past a certain point. New York's economy is going to be devastated by this alone. Not much, much less like well, the world. all of it, man. I mean, that's the thing you're talking about. Like uh, you know, we're all hoping. And I said that to you the other day. It's like, can I just tell you that for the first time, I'm really thinking about the time frame on this shit. And it's like, we're going to be uncomfortable for a couple of weeks, maybe six weeks mm-hmm. or something. It's like, nah, dude, this is going to be months. And, uh, and I even saw this thing on New York Times, and not to be sensationalist or to scare people. It's like, this could very well be like a year, 18-month thing. Like, it's possible. Well, it, it takes at least a year of testing to verify, like, results for vaccines, according to current regulations. So, like... Yeah, it was like, because we did SARS in six months, and I, I think we just rushed that to product. We're like, eh, put it out. It's fine. Right. Well, well just to verify, because, like, if, if you have millions of people that are infected by this thing, and you roll out a vaccine that hasn't been vetted, and then that vaccine ends up killing people, then you're responsible for more deaths than the viruses. And as we talked about, that's pretty much the beginning of I Am Legend. <laughs> They're like, we're going to cure cancer, <laughs> cut to desolate New York uh, City. And I'm just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah uh, man it, it's it's weird because like i'm more worried about like you know i have my 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 landlady is like a, a old ass woman in her and, 80s you know, yeah uh can't visit my mom right now because she's a cancer survivor and everything i thought about going to florida and it's like nah that would be bad she her immune system is not what it used to be right now and never will be again um right so you know i'm trying to be responsible and i worry about like homeless people in the city like so uh, the other day i started like sneezing and coughing at work i'm pretty sure it's seasonal allergies so whatever but i decided to like leave early for the night told my boss uh got on a bus um got on you know into the subway system and had to wait like 18 minutes for my train to get there yeah and uh, because it was like two in the morning or something like that and i figured oh nobody will be here but there were still people down there um and there was this like poor homeless man who like went up to me he's like hey man you got a quarter and i literally didn't i was like no i'm sorry and he like tried to shake my hand he's like oh thank you brother thank you and it's like no, I don't have a quarter and I don't want to shake your hand because I don't want to give you something. But like, there was no way to explain that to him because he was going up and down uh, this row to asking everybody for a quarter and then coming back to you, like as if he couldn't remember that he had just talked to you about it. Uh-huh. Like, again, like about five, six times I'm waiting for the strain. He's like, you have a quarter, you have a quarter. And it's like, no. And every time he tried to high five or shake your hand and it was like, I had to be a dick to him. I had to like turn my back like, no, sorry, man. I hold my hands behind my back and shit. Um, so like, I worry about people like that. And then like, I got on the train 
And I like got in the very front car because I knew that nobody would be in there. And there was one homeless dude there just sitting there uh, who was like passed out like this old man. Um, and like, as I'm rolling up to my stop, like he was sleeping the whole time. He literally collapsed um, just like onto the ground of the train and like needed help getting up. So I like rushed over and like had to like pull him up and everything. But again, I'm just thinking like, what if I got some shit on my hands? What if I'm carrying this? Right. And, and I you think know? you're, you're, cause I said something about it the other day too. I mean, I, I live in a pretty cool place, but what, I think we've talked about what I really like about LA is that it's not like a closed gate community. So you like, there is a pretty big homeless population where I live, like to the point where like, I know them now and we like have mm-hmm. moments I'm like, Hey, what's up? Um, but they're like the most vulnerable population that yeah. isn't a specific age group. They're just people who are out in the elements who are going to be touching things and stuff like that. And what I get right. really upset about is just like, you can, I hear all the people who are like, hypocrite, you live in a house. I, I've always hated that. <laughs> like, because I have a house that means I hate homeless people. No, it's not how that works. Uh, that is what that means. <laughs> sorry, Christian, I got to come out strong on this one. Uh, no, but where I come from, it is just like this idea that like societally, we already don't give a shit. Literally, these people are sleeping outside. And we don't care. Uh, There's a thing here in LA for years. There was just a guy going around and they never caught him just murdering Mm. homeless people. And they never had that thing in Tampa, man. You remember like these roving gangs of like teenagers who were like beating homeless people with baseball bats and shit. And it's like to get back to this guy on the train, like as I'm helping him up, I'm thinking, okay, I'm helping you in this immediate situation. But what if I'm like passing a virus to you? What if I have it? And it's like, it's, it's activating that paranoid uh, part of my brain that is never active usually i'm like oh this is what it's like to live in a fate of uh or a state of like fear and paranoia okay. it really is i i haven't seen many people but there does seem to be this almost magnetic pull of of of, of resistance and shit you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i'm positive charge you're positive charge stay the fuck over there man like we are not allowed to get close to each other and if right. people to the point where like i look at everyone and i'm like you look healthy but i don't know you know what i'm saying like right everyone is now suspect it feels like this really wonderful comic book what is it called black hole by charles burns i believe uh if you get a chance Mm. it's a graphic novel it's really great it's very similar there's this mysterious disease going around or whatever and it's like yeah man your 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 mind immediately goes to the prism of how we've dealt with this before we weren't alive for the 1918 influenza pandemic uh weird if we were (laughs) that'd be fucking nuts uh but 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 my point is like we haven't really gone through this don't come at me with ebola and don't come at me with fucking sars or swine flu and like yes those were big deals but they didn't shut down the fabric of American society yeah. either. And that's in, the in like the course of two weeks, we already have like this huge unemployment problem. It's nuts, man. Well, and that's, okay, thank you for bringing that up. Cause that's actually where I wanted to get to too. You were talking about the local economy in New York is going to get fucked. Right. And that's everywhere. Yeah. Mnuchin came out and was like 20% unemployment. It's very real. And it's yeah. like, of course it is because it's not about people not getting their jobs back when they, when this is all fine it's that the amount of money that these businesses have lost by shuttering their doors for an extended period of time they're just not going to be able to do it so i think it's amazing we're talking about how business models are going to change right we're looking at this like you know theatrical release windows has been a fucking no-no for theaters and they're still against it uh by the way but like studios gonna make their money some way and so like that's where this is going um now, I want to get outside of the capitalistic portion of it. I do want to say, like, despite that, we've seen some really cool things. And it's been mm-hmm. in small ways. Like, there are a lot of services are, uh, like, like, all right, so I bought this mixer that we use uh, through a company called Sweetwater. 
and I didn't buy it all at once because it's very expensive. And, and they hit everyone up being like, yo, you can't pay. Just hit us up. Like, we'll take an L. Like, we'll figure it out. Like, we will, we will do that. And a lot of these places, not credit institutions, but like places that you can buy equipment right. and stuff, they're all kind of doing that. Uh, things like Shutter are offering like 30 days free. Like, a lot of streaming yeah. services are like giving extended trials and shit. And it's, I know it's not the same thing, but Con Ed is doing that right now. If you can't pay your bill, we're not going to shut off your power, like that kind of thing. Great. Um, which is cool. But, but it's amazing, but it's because everyone's doing that because everyone's trying to pull together. And I think that's encouraging. Here's the problem. Yeah. People pull together for a month or two, bro. Like this stretches out to 18 months. People got to get their money somehow, you know? And that's yeah. what scares the shit out of me. It's like if Governor Newsom or, or uh, fucking, yeah, all right. If Governor Newsom is like, we're suspending all fucking rent here or whatever, like our mortgages. Like I'm not going to pay my rent because I know they're not paying their mortgage. Just a lot of the fuck when I do that, you know what I mean? And immediately right. that's where shit gets contentious. And I guess that's like, I don't know, man. I, 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 I guess the point I'm trying to make here is like, we are living in some truly unprecedented times, even if it doesn't feel like that. We're not trying to be sensationalist, yeah. but like shit's different, man. Yeah. And it's only, it's only just beginning. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll see where we are. I guess this, I feel like I have a feeling this podcast is going to turn into like Corona cast. Like what else can we talk about right now? Like uh, I am going to be watching a shitload of TV and movies. I'm going right. to try to like, uh, find some other subjects, but like in terms of our like day-to-day experience, cause that's what this podcast is. It's like our day-to-day experiences and like we try to filter it in some funny uh, you know, conversational way, but like our day to day is going to be us at home, uh, reading about coronavirus. So, well, I'll tell you one thing that's kind of, kind of, kind of along the lines that you were saying, which is like, I, uh, we've been watching the Simpsons, as you know, like Mm -hmm. Dolores has never seen it from the beginning. So I've been forcing her. Um, like She'd any never seen the early do. the early seasons. She like watched it in the background, like a lot of kids did, you know. But like, she mm-hmm. didn't watch it front to back. And to be honest, I was too young to watch the first three seasons, you know, front mm-hmm. to back. So it's been really interesting to kind of go backwards and stuff like that. Like for instance, there was another voice for Mr. Burns. Just found that out, and it's nuts. Like it was not Henry Shearer always. It was some other guy named Christopher Collins or some shit like that. It was the original Mr. Burns voice, which really freaked me out the first time you see that. Um, but I was also going to say, so we're in season eight now, or actually just finished season eight, which by the way, as much as people say four and five, I think eight might be up there, man. Eight is a incredible fucking season that has nothing but bangers in that season. Uh, it's got like mm-hmm. the, uh, the chili pepper contest one. Do not like eight. You're just staring at me. You're staring daggers at me. It's just like, no, like five is like, and, and like four is good, but like five is like on a tier with so you like, get like Marge versus the monorail. Uh, the, 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 what's the other one? Fucking. Uh, I, well, you, I think Marge versus the monorail is four. Is it four? Yeah. Um, But no, like five is like there's every fucking episode is like an all timer. It's it's stupid. Uh, I mean, all right. Well, let me. Let, I just want to say, uh, no particular order. Homer versus the Eighteenth Amendment and Marge. We trust uh, the fucking mm-hmm. Chili Pepper episode, which I cannot remember to save my life. But you know where he has the Chili Pepper. And oh yeah. In the oh, I know. Yeah, it's uh, great. Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie, also great. Which I totally forgot that existed. Uh, Homer Spobie right, talks about. S. <laughs> Homer Spobie talks about fucking being scared of gay people in ninety seven. Right, John John Waters guest stars. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of really interesting things about that, but one episode, which uh, again, amazing episode, um, is where Santa's little helper, where, where, where Bart gets a credit card. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this. I think it's called the Canine mm-hmm. Mutiny. And Bart gets a credit card and he calls himself Santos J. Helmer or something like that. 
and then orders all this shit on credit cards. Already this like commentary on fucking capitalism and shit like that, but ends up ordering some super amazing trained dog and then has to give the dog back when the repo men come and he gives away Santa's little helper. And I'm just like, this is terrible. This is the saddest shit in the world because Santa's little helper is a great dog. What, yeah. I, what I forgot about that episode, dude, is like how adult it is uh, because he starts mm-hmm. buying everyone things, right? Like he gets Lisa these thing called trucker pills, which are clearly speed. Like it's yeah. amphetamines. <laughs> and like she even <laughs> takes a couple and is like twitching the whole time. I'm like, wow, they got that past sensor. And there's a part where it's Lenny and it's Carl, right? Lenny and Carl. Yeah, Lenny and he's Carl. Ta- he's talking to the other dude, which like uh, I forget. And he's asking him for advice on what to do with Lenny. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, you know, anytime I have to give someone bad news, I like to cook them a big dinner. So at least that, you know, they're, they're, they're well fed when they hear something really bad. And Lenny's just like, oh yeah, I'll stuff him until he doesn't know what's what. And it's very sexual. Like, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, I <laughs> forgot. Like, like, cause that's the thing when you think the Simpsons, like it's easy to see the surface level shit. And then you realize like at yeah. a point they're, they were Pixar and before Pixar, bro. They were like, this is for yeah, an adult. I'm- they they definitely had like some like uh like especially Lenny and Carl like that was an ongoing thing that Lenny was like deeply in love with Carl and Carl was like kind of not about it but he kind of was yeah no but then like I don't remember them straight up being like I'll stuff them <laughs> like like the, <laughs> and at the end of that episode by the way they all end yeah. up at this place like where where, uh, where where the cops all show up like they're gonna do a raid it looks like but then they mm-hmm. basically just go in there and smoke weed like the end of that episode is Chief Wickham Lou and like the other cop whose name I forget they go into a house and you it's like it smells funny in here and they're totally just smoking weed man and it was like I don't know it was lovely to be like this was 97 man this is back when we thought shit was all tight and regulated and mandatory minimums and shit but right simpsons bro they're doing it in the conservative 90s but yeah the the simpsons was making it happen which i loved like they were irreverent as fuck man like what a what a show how's dolores liking it Uh, she loves it i mean that's the thing it's like it's easy i think it's you and i we've always talked about this comedic bedrock for me it's the muppets and it's the simpsons that's it like uh, the muppets taught me like oh that's like snl almost before i can give a shit about snl like it was the live stage sort of like theatrical thing they got that little shrimp the guy (laughs) do you like him you're not a fan of pepe he's my favorite his name is pepe Pepe. (laughs) uh but but when you watch the simpsons as an adult what you realize is like my god what a like a monumental achievement that show mm. is uh and, and people have heard me say that but i'm saying that with almost fresh eyes it's like all my love for the simpsons was really predicated on me being like six to 12 years old when i watched it and i was like yeah. oh that's amazing watching it now it makes me appreciate that show in a level that i i didn't know i could it's 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 really like a fucking achievement in storytelling and comedy and all that shit but also that season that i'm talking about has that uh, lisa simpson secret war which is like still tackling things where they go to the military school because uh, Bart fucks up with the uh, the megaphones or whatever. Uh, right. And then she goes there and it's all about like, again, the soft like Voluntarily, bigotry. right? Yeah, she wants to go because they're talking about poetry. You, and, and, you and your soft bigotry of low expectations. I didn't say low expectations. I just said soft bigotry. <laughs> That's all I said, which is like Lisa goes there voluntarily. Bart fucking hates it. The, all the guys except Bert, who is putting in a subpar performance, who isn't really doing it. Meanwhile, Lisa's working twice as hard to get half yeah. as much. And I'm just like, yeah, it was a show that was incredibly funny, um, but never shied away for some serious shit. And it like that um, Homer's phobia and the secret war of Lisa Simpson only separated by five episodes. So like every right. month they were giving you some kind of like chew on this. You know what I mean? And yeah. 
I, I love when Homer takes Bart to a, a steel mill and it's just an all gay steel mill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll show you what real men are like, Bart. Oh man, uh, I'm trying to. Was, uh, there's another thing in here. I don't know. I don't want to say. Also, you only move twice, which has the best episode not set in Springfield, right? Where they, uh, what's his name, like Max Scorpio or some shit like that. It's that like Al is, Brooks. Yeah. I don't know, dude. It's just what I'm saying is like at every opportunity, uh, the show does some shit that I've never seen. And it's great because like, yeah, we were watching this as we went to bed, but suddenly we, we can't leave the house. So there's a lot yeah. of like putting Simpsons on, you know, going through it. Uh, and it makes you really, I don't know how you feel about this. Cause I'm one of those people like who I still go to bat for new episodes of the Simpsons. Not that they're great. They're certainly not iconic. They're not, mm-hmm. uh, the, the JPMs, the jokes permitted, if you will, is certainly not where it once was, but <laughs> Oh, you like that <laughs> I, don't, I don't say that but i had to create that when i watched um uh, unbreakable kimmy schmidt because i was like jesus christ the jokes per second even are just ridiculous in that show um, yeah but yeah i don't know man i just I'm, I'm really excited about having the opportunity to do that i guess and it's weird like we probably should all be writing our great american novels but I feel like The Simpsons, low-key, man, for a decade was the great American novel, right? Isn't the whole idea of work to put a mirror up to the thing that you're talking about? And I think yeah. that's why we get shitty about Simpsons now, is that it's no longer subverting the cultural... I mean, psychos. it's arguably the most comprehensive satire ever ever made, right? Like, Because it's literally satirized, like, every aspect of American life that I can think of, at least, like, aside from, like, the super fringe ones. Like, it's kind of stupid how far its tendrils have reached... Yeah, and I think that's um, like such a fucking achievement in, in, in mm-hmm. that day and age. And in a way, because like, you could say like, oh, Doonesbury, right? Which is that really, you know, like it's an iconic kind of comic strip that, that has continuity in it in a way that a lot of comic strips don't. They, they try yeah. to build this real societal thing. And it's like, yeah, yeah. but Doonesbury is on a fucking newspaper. <laughs> like, we're talking yeah, about I, haven't, I haven't thought about fucking Doonesbury in like literally 10 years because I haven't like had a newspaper around. Because right. about- <laughs> the, the minute you take away fucking newspapers, Doonesbury dies. You think <laughs> pretty much. No, Simpsons doesn't need a TV. Um, no. But yeah, man, I, th- I think that's like been the one kind of saving grace of this is like hopefully, and again, when people take it seriously, uh, mm. you know, like uh, it'll, it'll be, there's plenty of things to look at. I, I keep getting annoyed at people being like, I, I don't want to be stuck in my house. I'm going to be bored. And it's just like, y'all motherfuckers only just want to Netflix all day anyway. And the minute someone says like, Hey, go inside of Netflix. You're like, I want to yeah. go out. Like, well, it, it, it is like a human, like psychological thing. It's kind of like anytime I lend somebody a DVD and then immediately I want to watch that thing I've lent them, <laughs> but it can sit on my shelf for years without me ever thinking about it. But as soon as I give it to somebody and I don't have it, I've got to have it now. I think that that stems back to like everyone's baby phase. You know, like you, mm-hmm. you, you, were, you were ignoring a toy and then some other kid tried to touch that toy. I'll fucking kill you. Get away like, from my toy. Yeah. yeah. Like, and we still all have that. You know why? Because we're just a generation of fucking babies. Like we're, we're overgrown and shit, but we, we still, we never got out of that phase. I don't think, at least right. not most of us. And, Do you think that's rooted in something like evolutionary? Like, like, oh, that's, that's my pile of bananas. I'm not hungry right now, but I will be later. Like, like I, what is that? I would have to assume, because we talk about that all the time. Like, you know, you look up at the sun, you look up at the moon, you're looking at this thing that evolutionarily has been ingrained into you, that the, the people who didn't have critical thought, your ape primates, uh, ancestors, but they still knew, oh, that's that thing, and that's a feeling that we get. I have to assume mm-hmm. it's totally that, you know? Because all the time, I get into this with Dolores, I'm just like, we're just apes. Like, I, we're barely humans. Uh, like, it's never going to get better than me just, like, picking yeah. bugs off of 
of you and then being like danger but i don't say danger i go ah, ah, like i freak out like that's all that we're doing now like that's all monkeys did then like right well, I, I think we're going to we see a lot more of that. I mean, like, do you see, not to bring it back to coronavirus, we, like, successfully, like, pulled the skate so hard on that. <laughs> yeah, but, like, just seeing, like, videos of people in, like, grocery stores. Like, I saw this one where this woman was about to, like, fucking fist fight an old woman over, like, toilet a couple paper? rolls of toilet yeah. paper. Yeah, like, just shit like that, where it's, like, uh, I feel like that panicky behavior is about to get a lot yeah, I saw that video, and it was a lit, it was a lit, it was from Australia, and all I thought about that was that the like the Australians made toilet paper sound sexy. Like, like, like the 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 female like news host was like toilet paper. I, I can't even do a fucking accent, but it was just like so fucking. <laughs> that was adorable. like a weird French accent. Toilet yeah. paper. Eh, eh, all right, you did it better than I did. Toilet sure. paper. I mean, what's the what's the Michael Caine thing? How do you get into there's a there's a uh, my cocaine. <laughs> I'm, I'm my cocaine. <laughs> Uh, this the I can't do it. The size of a tangerine. That's what I do. That's how I get the into size Michael of Tangerine. <laughs> Burn the forest down. Yeah. You uh, can the let's concept. talk about that. I mean, look, if we're gonna pivot back to Corona, you let's be really morbid. That no one else can make the right choice. Keep it going. Keep it going. No, I'm, I'm done. Can you give me That's that it. entire monologue in the third Dark Knight movie where he's like, he's like I'm not gonna bury <laughs> you? Watch that shit in a long time. Yeah, just make it up. <laughs> Just pick it up. He's like, I. He's like, I love you, and I've loved you since I first heard your cries in I'm the not West Wing. Bury another Wayne, Master Wayne. Then he does. By the way, can we talk about that for a second? Because that's always rubbed me the wrong way. He mm. fakes his death, and we have to see. Like, I don't cry at that. And movie Alfred for doesn't know reason. for sure that that's true, right? Like, he assumes that Bruce Wayne is dead, that's and then what he I'm sees saying. him in a Paris cafe, like years later, maybe. And all he does is give him a quiet nod of acknowledgement and then right. go on his way. This is my issue with that movie. Which, like, <laughs> there are other issues to be had for sure. But I'm like, how dare you? They have a scene where they show Michael Caine crying, saying, I failed you. And you're like, no, he's old. Like, that sounded like Russell Brand more than Michael Caine, by the I way. I can't do, listen, I can do French, I can do Italian, I can do Russian. I cannot do you- fucking English or Australian to save my life, okay? Oh my God. Yeah, you're, you're really good at like a lot of accents. That's, that's interesting, man. I just can't do the cool ones. The ones that make me like a cool, interesting cool person ones. to talk to. Yeah, because if you're British, everyone thinks everything you say is interesting immediately. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. unless you have like a Cockney fucking Darby accent or some shit. But but the Michael Caine bothers me because I have to see him crying his fucking eyes out. Being like, I failed you. And he's old. Mm. He could have died right there. Who knows? But instead, yeah. he sees him at a fucking cafe. And he, yeah, he said that would be cool to see. But if I'm Alfred, I'm pissed. I'm just like, you could have left me a note. I like I, I kept your secret that you like were Batman for twenty up, fucking years. His table. <laughs> I'm just saying he's like Master Wayne. Master Wayne. If I'm Alfred, I kept your fucking you. Batman secret for two decades, basically. Okay, like I, I, I could be trusted with a secret. You could fake your death and let me know, but or, or at least like have a quiet like conversation with me. You know, like they couldn't have talked in code. He couldn't talk to the man who literally raised him for years and like helped to like fucking prop him up while he was like playing vigilante superhero. Like you, you can't go over and like, uh, Hey, I, I got this round for you, Alfred, like anything, just a quiet nod. I'm, well, that's I'm all Kevin. I wanted. Right. I don't, I don't like that. Like Alfred's relationship with Bruce Wayne in that scenario seems to end when Batman ends. Like that's fucked up. <laughs> Alfred right. was there beforehand. I only like the Batman side of you, Mr. Wayne. <laughs> When he died, you died with him. 
and yet still he doesn't want to be a party to it he's like i'm not gonna bury you like yeah i like you way more but (laughs) i'm old i can't bury people anymore like batman was so cool uh yeah that whole that whole relationship kind of irks me in a weird way because obviously Alfred never wanted for anything but he also didn't seem like he was benefiting you know what to be fair he was really glib and batman begins about all this shit too like bruce wayne like comes back after like a full five six ten years of like being eight or nine years yeah everybody assumes he's dead he had him declared dead or whatever and alfred's just like I'll let you borrow the rolls if you like. Just bring it back with a full tank. And it's like, fucker. <laughs> it would be well, way again, more emotional. Think about that, dude. Alfred was living like a fucking king for a decade. He had a giant a manner to himself. Yeah, that's true. Just being a sassy bitch, though. Like, that's, uh, I guess it's fun. You know, it's, it was 2005. It was a different time. I, 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 was, I mean, if I'm Alfred, not only am I mad that this fucker's come back, but I'm mad that seemingly it doesn't seem like I... Uh, benefit like i feel like alfred has one outfit that whole thing like i've never seen him do a costume change in that movie he's always rocking right. the same thing so it's like he's not living in the height of luxury either hmm. i guess he just chooses not to or maybe he has several of the same outfit you know or he's like fucking seth brundle on the fly and he's like i learned it from einstein if you have one outfit you don't have to waste any mental energy on yeah. picking your outfit steve jobs did that same shit what is that? Was like, Isn't there some, you've talked to me about this. There's some psych, psychology to that, right? Zuckerberg looks like he just rolled out of bed at all times. And Oh yeah. Well, with billionaires or whatever, especially like they'll drive shitty cars and they'll like wear like clothes that they bought at Target or look like clothes that they bought at Target. They're usually the high end version of that. And, and the, the idea behind that is so that they remain like relatable and underestimated. Cause if you're wearing a suit, like a fucking Armani suit or whatever the height of luxury with suits is, I'm not, a suit guy uh then people expect a certain thing but if you're just wearing a fucking hoodie and you walk in there like people underestimate you right and you also seem more relatable i think everyone underestimate underestimates me in every walk of life because i'm always wearing a hoodie so i feel great about that and i surprise them shock and all baby I, I, I estimate you, man. Don't worry about it. Yeah, because I got grandfathered in. Like, you knew me when I was, like, a fat, <laughs> annoying little kid. And like, now, like, what are you? It's like sunken cost fallacy. What, you're going to bail out now? Fuck that. You put in two decades, guy. Like, you, you were never fat, man. Don't worry about it. Get out of here. Um, yeah, my 10-year-old self really needs that pick-me-up. Thank you. I appreciate that. Again, we're all still kids. Like, don't play with my toys. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's... The psycholo- we should look at all of this from a sociological and a psychological kind of point of view because they're i am fascinated by the people who straight up deny the whole corona thing completely like they're like it's not real whatever yeah uh, still, but then still happening. but then there's people who acknowledge it's real who are still going out and doing shit and then there's people who are super super scared and maybe went into quarantine weeks ago before they had to and shit right. uh but yeah it's, it's you're about jared leto by the way I want to punch this guy in the fucking tits. And uh, apparently he's a rapist. I don't want to throw that out there, but like apparently he's got a weird history. And then yeah, uh, he has like some history of like hurting women during sex and stuff too. Like, like he's just like a piece of shit. I don't know. I I don't love it. Even aside from that, I don't don't (laughs) love his whole like weirdo rich guy out of touch with reality. I was in the the desert for 12 days without my I was on a 14 day sojourn of the soul. (laughs) Know about the coronavirus i came back to a changed world it's funny how things happen it's not not funny that's the wrong word (laughs) 
It's like, get the fuck out of here, Jared Leto. I don't believe him either because, like, what are you this acting like the coronavirus? On, like, way earlier than 14 Thank days you. Thank you. <laughs> so he's just acting like he didn't hear about it at all. It's like, oh, you're just an idiot, man. Uh. Yeah, he's kind of the worst. But he's one of our finest working actors. That's what they say. I don't know if that's true at all. I mean. You know, like, I get it, too. Like, I didn't fully understand it at the time because it was just at the beginning of, like, when trans people were getting legitimized but the fact that he won an oscar for a role playing a transgendered person when there are existing transgender actors in the world is like kind of kind of infuriating sure but like let's not i i would not certainly not defending that what i would say is like look at the long fucking history of hollywood being like I don't know. Just put him in blackface. That's fine. You know what I mean? Or like getting non-Native American. I, I, I just watched that Always Sunny episode where they're talking about blackface or whatever. How did that show get away with that? They, they put him classy, in blackface. Name one classic. Well, because they have that whole scene where they interrogate how offensive it is. That's yeah, why. Like, like, yeah, like, my, my, one of my favorite episodes from two seasons ago was like hate crime or hero or whatever. And mm-hmm. it was just like, oh, wow. Like, I guess you could do and say literally whatever you want as long as you have the characters musing about the nature of its offensiveness. You know what yeah, I mean? I mean, like, like, again, it's the idiot doing it and it's the show fully acknowledging that it's not okay to do. So it's like, it, it's, the, it's the show that's, or the show is not, you know, um, affirming it or putting a stamp of approval on it, or just by omission, not saying anything. That, that's all I got. But it speaks to my larger point that like in Hollywood, they didn't care. They were just like, I put some blackface on him, make him mm. a little darker skinned. Let's, you know what I mean? And like, it's a, so when we talk about trans people, I think maybe one of the last marginalized groups to finally get acceptance in a mainstream way. And maybe I'm butchering that. So please no one yell at me. Uh, but what I'm saying is like for the longest Ooh. time, Get off the show. Get <laughs> off the show. You could be gay in Hollywood and no one gave a shit for the most part. It was it was accepted. So there was a level of acceptance there that was not, a, maybe it's certainly not federally and whatnot, but our art was fine with it. We cast gay people to be in shows. That wasn't a problem. Yeah. Uh, but trans people have had a much, much harder roll up the, up the hill, as it were. Um, yeah. And so it's like, they're finally kind of getting that acceptance. Do you, do you think maybe there's like this double-edged thing? Again, neither of us are trans, so let's walk, let's tread very carefully here. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I would say like, do you think that that performance may have legitimized some people's opinions about the trans community at all? Surely he's not a trans man, but he played a trans character in the same way that Felicity Huffman wasn't a trans person, uh, but was able to play one in trans America. Uh, isn't like just the representation at all sort of a interesting and necessary first step? I mean, we had representations before then, like trans America or whatever. uh, Yeah. But she wasn't trans is my point. Like, yeah, but like that speaking to your point, that's an example of something that like, Oh, like that's a stepping stone on the path to acceptance. Oh, you're saying that's 11 years between those two. Yeah. Like like, like, we we, we can, we can do better since then, you know, like uh, you you get the one with Felicity Huffman and get some, you know, buzz or whatever, but it's just more that he like won a fucking Academy award for it. Like how brave you were, because what that's saying, to me what the academy is communicating is like how brave he was 
to portray such a marginalized group when they could have actually just given the role to that marginalized group. Well, what I think is so interesting about that is you can literally uh, call that a variable. The, the trans is an X, okay, for this mm -hmm. specific thing. It's the idea that, yes, pretending that you're a trans is the same thing as being a trans. Same way that putting on a dress means you're a woman. No, it doesn't. Same way that putting blackface on makes you somehow able to understand the black plight. I get so annoyed all the time. I forget who the writer is. He wrote Black Like Me. I'm sure you've heard about this in school at some point. It's a guy who literally chemically got his skin darkened so he can go around pretending he was a black dude and he reported his experience. Oh, it's like Rachel Dolezal or whatever. Well, what I guess more admirable like uh, characteristics <laughs> from the beginning. He was just but mentally I, ill. <laughs> but I get annoyed by it because I'm like, this fucking like classic white liberal, like I, you meant well for sure, but you think that because you spent two weeks pretending you were a black guy means that you know what it's like to be black in America. That's fucking crazy. I just had a flashback. Remember Morgan Spurlock had a show where he did this. Yeah. You remember that shit? Where like black he and would white. like make, yeah, he would make like the white people black and the black people white. And it always looked weird and unconvincing. I, I didn't watch it because, because it was like a freak show. But you know. well, yeah, and that was the thing. I think didn't white chicks really prove that uh, you can't? <laughs> we we can't we can't cross the stream, so to speak. Like it's not going to look right. That's mm. some real uncanny valley shit, and those are real people, and yet not real enough. Not yeah, to like white chicks didn't work as a premise because they legit looked like monsters like monster people you know monster, so monster people they everyone they look like the fucking guy from uh midsummer like that weird fucking like uh blonde yeah. gimpy looking motherfucker like <laughs> sorry if that's insensitive he might be like a because you were telling me what's that movie with the cat who really has elephantitis like the uh oh change for life change for life i still gotta watch it which i have nothing but time max i might um <laughs> But but yeah, it's like I remember watching that and being like, "Oh shit, that fucking Midsummer dude is nightmarish," uh, and that's what the white chicks looked like. And yet they build it as a comedy. Maybe Midsummer is a comedy secretly. I don't know. I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> to be fair, you thought Hereditary was hilarious. <laughs> like it is. <laughs> like it's, it's not, impossible for it me is. to. It's impossible for me to take that movie seriously because if that's a drama, then it's like not a very good one. <laughs> What do you think the most earnest attempt to make a drama? I mean, maybe like the room, like that's the best example of like this guy really set out <laughs> trying to make a hard part, Lisa. Yeah, I love how he's like trying to pivot and say it was a comedy the whole oh, time. I always like, intended to do that. No, you no. No, you just don't understand American culture. Well, we've talked about this a lot. Movie. I don't know if it's me and you, but maybe me and Michalina have talked about it. Which it's interesting because like you're sub you're supposed to fail. Like that's how you grow as an artist. And because that thing that he did that was so terrible had success. And now he's trying to claim that that was the intention. It's like, he'll never make a good movie. Like he can't, right. he's incapable because he never grew as an artist. Right. Like what if he has that in him? What if he could have gotten to that point? I don't think he could have, because that was a level of incompetency where it's like, it's wrong at every conceivable level, but maybe he could, but now he won't. Have well, take a step back here. The premise of the room is fine. It's thank you for literally taking a step back. I appreciate that. <laughs> All these jokes lost to the people who are listening to audio versions only, but um, right. 
Yeah, it's like if you look at the premise of that, fine, it's totally fine premise. Like it's about betrayal, it's about a best friend, it's about relationships, about love and all that shit, right? He might be able to stumble his way onto a story by if a much better writer and a much better director did that. I think the idea was that he had complete autonomy. And have we ever figured out where that fucker's money came from? <laughs> like because he says he's from New like, Orleans. He was into like textiles or something. Like he had money. Like some people think it was organized crime. I do. He got money from? Yeah. I, I don't really know. I, I'm just saying like, we can't even pinpoint where he's from. He's like, I'm from yeah. New Orleans. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's not a like, New Orleans accent. No one from New Orleans has ever looked or sounded like you. Born and raised. <laughs> like, no. I mean, I maybe he's from like a long line of vampires in New Orleans. I don't know. Right. Les enfants du sang. Right. He just goes around. That's the, in, the, the children of the blood. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> is, that, is that a known thing? Yeah, French fuck. Well, les enfants, my children. Yeah, like the children. And then du sang. Yeah, san- sangre. That's helping. Spanish mm. helps me with French. But it shouldn't. Sangre. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. Like, it's very possible. Because that's like, that's my issue with fucking Interview with a Vampire, which I totally forgot was a movie until like a couple of years ago. Our friend Johnny, we went to a bar and, and we were like a couple of drinks in and then his eyes like lit up. I'm like, what's wrong? And he's like, dude, I just rewatched Interview with a Vampire. I'm like, what? That's pretty metal. I haven't seen that in forever. Isn't like Guy Pierce the fucking interviewer? He's like, no, dude, Christian Slater. I'm like, what? Christian Slater? Like, yeah. he started revealing this to me because I haven't seen it since I was like five or six. I totally, Aww. the only thing I remember about that movie. Have you still not seen it since you were five or six? Yeah, I need to maybe. I, I, mm. I think Anne Rice <laughs> is a hack, but I remember that movie being at least interesting. And also as a kid, Antonio Banderas being in that shit, I was like, fucking see, we can be vampires too. <laughs> like, this Spanish guy looks just like me. <laughs> Equal opportunity. Uh, yeah, so I, I just remember him telling me about the movie. The only thing I remember from the movie in my mind was, uh, was Tom Cruise just overacting so hard. Uh, but then Chris, mm-hmm. Kirsten Dunst with the, like, the sun and the well thing. And I'd be like, oh, shit. Right. That's all I remembered about that movie. Uh, and then he just went down the rabbit hole telling me about the tale. <laughs> and I'm like, that movie's pretty lit. Because I forget, at the end of the movie, <laughs> by the way, at the end of the movie, like, there's a 10-minute scene where the interview's over. <laughs> like, Christian Slater's just driving in his fucking convertible down, like, the Santa Monica yeah. Boulevard or some shit. Like, mm-hmm. really? And then, and then uh, uh, an emaciated Tom Cruise uh, yeah. bites him. And the then he stat. goes, I'm, I'm going to give you the choice that I never had, which is to be a vampire. Or well, to die. Isn't even the main character of that fucking movie. No, uh, it's 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 Brad Poot. Yeah, but Brad Poot isn't the. Uh, <laughs> thank you. He isn't the like. What's his name in that fucking movie? Even like, who knows? Uh, well, know. That's the one guy who got out of that fucking Anne Rice black hole of bullshit. Well, because I know like wasn't Lestat like her uh, her recurring character that was like her Edward? Right. Yeah. You yeah. know, like in Twilight, like that was the guy. See, now it makes me almost appreciate her more because uh, at least that seemingly was a point A to point B to point C of a book. Like when you share a character and you're throwing them all over time and shit, like that's where it gets wacky for me. Uh, yeah. You, did you, you watch those movies. You told me, you're like, I don't know, man. It's pretty, pretty dumb, but pretty good. Like you should watch yeah, these movies. Brad Pitt plays uh, Louis de Point de Lac. <laughs> Well, see, I'm against that too. <laughs> this is back in the '90s, terrible, where you couldn't have a white man playing a French guy. You know, like <laughs> where you could have a white man playing a French guy. Yeah. Oh, see, this isn't my distinction. Have I not told you this? Like, so my basketball no. leagues, I get yelled at if you call European white people white people. 
apparently they're not the same, which really blew me away. I was explain. I, I I'm not sure I can explain in a way that'll make any sense to you because it doesn't make sense because to me. Because it doesn't make sense because it's yeah. wrong. Because he there was are white like, people all over Europe. That's where white people come from. Well, the cock the Caucasia. Yeah, that area for Caucasia. sure. Caucasia. Like, no, that's a real place. So where Mia, Corey's wife, my boss, like those mountains near Turkey are called like the Caucasian mountains, apparently. And that's are they like really what, pale mountains. What they say, I don't know if any of that's actually true. She just says shit and I don't fact check her because I don't know anything about the region. So I'm like, ah, she knows, I defer. But she could just be giving me blatantly false fucking information. Um, but a bunch of people are like, nah. Like, I'm like, so there's this basketball player named Kristaps Porzingis who's from Latvia. And he used mm. to be on the Knicks. So I was like, ah, oh, the Knicks, whatever. And I was like, is Kristaps Porzingis white? No. Dude, if you put like a fucking, like a, like a, like a, a bear painting, if you went to like Lowe's and got some swatches of, of, of how white is, this fucker is like sub-zero white. Like he is the absence of all blackness in the world. And yet mm-hmm. he is not a white guy, apparently. So I'm going to sit here and say, if you're French, you are not white, white. You are French, which is different, apparently. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and be potentially offensive and say that you're white as fuck if you're from France, unless you're not. Yeah, that Rudy Gobert guy who got Corona, he's not. But that's the other thing is like France is a very, uh, you know, they did their colonizing too. They just felt bad about it. So mm-hmm. they let people come in. Like if you're, if you're one of those French colonized, like Africa, you're from Ivory Coast or some shit, you can just go to France. They're like, I guess you're a citizen. It's fine. And I think that's kind of metal because we don't do that for our shit, except for Puerto Rico, apparently the one thing uh-huh. we got right in under the wire before they took all our rights away what was the one thing that uh, bloomberg won what was oh, that america territory? samoa yeah yeah can can you not go to the u.s like without a passport from america samoa that's interesting or american samoa uh, that one might be fine because it's america samoa like i'm not as familiar with that history but i know like guam for instance was kind of taken over when we were taken over you ain't got no yeah. rights if you're guam which by yeah. the way isn't that where tulsi gabbard is from american america samoa, samoa? Is she, yeah. is like born and raised like she's from hawaii isn't she but i don't know if she's from specifically american samoa hmm. look it up I mean, she's just, still in the fucking race like what is going on to play spoiler is she like a fucking russian plant or what's up she wears red a lot she does that's all i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> i'm making base connections here today <laughs> like the rona's got to me man everyone's a russian plant to me Early life and family. Oh, yep. Born in American Samoa. She couldn't even win America Samoa? That's your home. Yeah, she couldn't win. Like, And there were only like 300 people that voted total in that primary, and by the way. they still gave it to Bloomberg. <laughs> they still gave it to Bloomboyk. Good old Bloomy. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Oh, Imagine if he had sunk that $500 million in literally anything else. Or if he'd saved it and then uh, helped uh, helped out his state of New York. Well, that's what annoys me about this all this trying time. But, but that's what annoys me. We were talking about this a little bit. It's like Bezos, like bro, you got all the money in the world. Just lead, like lead right now. Like show people that like we. Like, Bill Gates is doing that. Like his foundation is doing like all sorts of crazy uh, good shit. I feel like Bill Gates like murdered a couple hookers or something and he's Ooh, just trying he's, he's atoning for it now that goes yeah. without saying yeah. like he's probably still actively murdering hookers and then he does his foundation stuff to make up for it I, he's I, like what what are a few hookers <laughs> if i save a million people you know i Honestly, don't know why he's talking like that i mean but can you <laughs> deny that <laughs> 
It's a real trolley problem. Well, we all live in the, yeah, like we do. We it's, all it's, it's like the trolley problem that the trolley had a break, you know? <laughs> like, you don't have to do either. You could just <laughs> right. pull the brake. Yeah, but I'm not. Just falls into someone else. <laughs> Hooker. It's like, you know, kinetic energy versus potential energy. Kinetic is going to keep going unless something stops it. Yeah, the brake, Bill. Yeah, I don't know what brakes are. <laughs> it just keeps going and kills people. Everything um, I'm going to do is already written, so... <laughs> Can't stop it now. It's like you literally could. Well, I just, we're living in these weird, like Judeo-Christian, Christian Judeo principles and shit like that. Where oh, if you take a life, where it says like don't, that. don't kill hookers. Yeah, it says that, but the Bible that is a the lot of first shit. commandment. Yeah, it's like number one, don't kill hookers. Number two, it was the oldest profession. Dude. It was the yeah. oldest profession. The Bible got it in there. The and, Bible, uh, the Bible had to address it. It was like number one, don't kill hookers. Number two, uh, slaves are fine. Number three, you know. <laughs> It is so nuts to me when you think about the shit that they left in the Bible because we've talked about this as well. <laughs> like the apocryphal shit is awesome. Like, uh, like, like Metatron. You ever heard about Metatron? This really got me. The sounds other like day. sounds like Megatron. So I'm in. What's yeah, up? Everyone's gonna make the Transformers joke. I get it. I'm with you. Uh, but 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 Metatron is apparently the voice of God. Uh, so you, he, Rickman played Metatron in Dogma, if you remember. Uh, and Metatron is not named in the Bible, nor, by the way, is the word hell. Hell's not in the Bible. People seem to not understand this. Like the retranslations I mean, of the Bible. really isn't like in the Bible as we know it, right? Right. I mean, that's, that's kind of the fucking point is that all the things that we put all this stock into and like the imagery that we have of hell, that's Milton. That's Paradise Lost and shit. Dante's Inferno. And Right. And then, and then we just started convincing people. Maybe that's what it took to convince people after like, you know, uh the, the enlightenment happened and shit you know like it was like oh well what, what's what's in it for me it's like well it's risk versus reward it's a calculation <laughs> i had about it some wager. girl that i was dating like as a 16 year old or something dating which your parents mm-hmm. took you to places or whatever but um she she i asked her about that cause she was like super religious she's like look it doesn't cost me anything and if i'm right great and if I'm wrong, I'm not. And I'm like, so you're going to waste your whole life living it in service of someone else on the chance that this thing exists? Right. Which that, they- that's not, I mean, that's that's the big gaping plot hole in Pascal's wager, which if you don't know what that is, it's literally, uh, if there is even the slightest chance that there is hell, why would you risk it? And the, the answer is, is because that's not legit belief, right? If, if you're doing that just on the off chance that it might be real, like that's not actual. Belief. If you're motivated, right. here's my thing with religion. If you're motivated by fear, you fucked up. If you're motivated by love, if you're one of these Christians who literally like loves God, but also isn't a piece of shit about it and like loves people, that's fine. Uh, I think mm-hmm. anytime that you're coming from a place of fear, that's the issue. You, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I look at it from that and I get so fucking annoyed by it. But still, yeah. like, the, the amount but of I shit. I mean, like, oh, to, to be fair, in order to love God, like, that's a, you know, uh, that's a weird thing to me. Because the second I think about God, like, being a real thing or a concept or whatever, it's like a terrifying concept, man. Does it? I, I see. Here's the thing. I totally believe in in a God. I don't believe it's the our. I believe it in the same way that like, hey, I see that microphone that you're talking into, and I know someone made that microphone because it's sitting there. You know what I mean? I, I you're like, wait, what? What? There's a microphone here. Uh, but you know, I believe in like a whatever a creator, whether that's a tangible thing that has eyes or any or even intelligence. Like the idea is that the Big Bang is a thing. It was a form of energy, and that can in and of itself be a higher power whatever 
Um, I just don't believe in the whole like God who's watching us and who gives a fuck. Like I think if God created us, it was totally accident, accidental. I mean, it's, it's legit Santa Claus rules, man. I mean, like, why do you want that? <laughs> I don't want it. That's what I'm he saying. He sees I, you when you're sleeping. Right. Why does he need to observe you when you're sleeping? You're not doing anything. I mean, we already talked about this whole idea that my grandmother kept saying Jesus is everywhere when I was a kid. And then I would be like, so if I just shoot a gun in any random direction, can I kill Jesus? And she got very mad that that was my first question out of that. Like, I was just trying That's to a figure reasonable that out. question. Yeah, you just want to know what the limits are. I'm just trying to figure this guy out. All right. And, he's, and she would get mad. She'd be like, well, he would move out of the way. And I'm like, but wouldn't he move into the way of another? But he's everywhere. And she got so annoyed with me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I don't, I think like what's more likely is that God, like, you know, fucked up, had an illegitimate kid, and then just mm. like uh, went out for a pack of smokes and never but came also, back. Also, the, the devil is everywhere. So if Jesus and the devil are occupying the same space at the same time, Whoa. are they not the same? Yeah. You know? See, I can almost buy into that more. I think what I don't like is the duality. No, yeah. because I like the duality of man. Man is both good and bad. We don't yeah. delineate it. I'm not Christian and then Christopher, you know, like I'm Christian all the time. And sometimes I'm mostly good, I hope, and other times I'm bad. If they were trying to tell me that that's like that all of God origin story was that there was God and then there was Satan, but they're the same dude and your actions somehow depend on which guy comes to the party. I'd be like, all right, at least it tracks better than the fucking story you've told me so far. Right. Because like the whole concept of Satan doesn't make a lot of sense. Like if God is president, I get it. You know, like, like he's, he's responsible for all the good and also all the, the bad, right? Like he's right. just, he's the, his umbrella of ownership covers all dimensions, but it's like, it would be like if, if, if uh, God was president, but only of the good things. And then Satan was in charge of all the prisons, but also had to live in the prison. And right. that was like his deal. That's my issue with the end of Dante's Inferno. It's like, it's like you, get, you get to the end and Satan's just frozen in ice because like he's Satan, yeah. but he's still just another prisoner, which never it, really isn't made the sense. Isn't the deal though that he's like flapping his wings and he's causing cold air to continually freeze him to the ground? Uh, yeah, yeah. His feet are, his feet are uh, chained in ice, basically. Uh, yeah. but he's, he's doing one of these the whole time, according to yeah. Gustave Dari, who did the illustrations. But um. But yeah, like that never really sat right with me either because that always seemed political. It was like, God's kind of an asshole. Sorry, don't strike me down. But what I'm saying is that there is apparently there was a war in heaven, right? And that there was Lucifer who was just trying to give people the option, okay? He was a good dude. He just wanted people to have the option to do anything they wanted. Free will. Uh, This is why kind of why Paradise Lost is so lit because it's like they just kind of recontextualize Lucifer as like a guy who's like, I'm not evil. I just thought like, think about it he's fucking cosmic hitler he's like you must so is, love me like is he is he like the the greaser in the in the high school with a really strict <laughs> principal and he's just got like the rolled up pack of smokes and he's like yo god like why can't we like have the choice of coming to school or not like right. give people the option and then like, it, smoking a cigarette well, yeah and he's like put that yeah. out lucifer and he just blows the smoke in god's face and he's like never <laughs> put what out and so but here's my thing whatever uh, lucifer comes at the king you best not miss he misses whatever he gets cast down mm-hmm. but then god goes after the people who sat on the sidelines like the conscientious objectors who are like nah, you know it's against my god religion to fucking fight an angel or something and he's like get right. down to hell with you and he casts them into the inferno oh is that what turned in them into demons or something or are they just regular like when I was little, my what are angels, man? I don't understand angels. 
Well, and that gets back to the Metatron thing. So we'll get to that in a second. But when I was little, my grandmother would tell me that Lucifer was a cool dude, <laughs> but then tell me he was a bad guy. But he was just like, he was the second most beautiful angel in the world. I'm like, <laughs> Who's the first most beautiful? I mean, gee, God, God would be, it's not an angel is uh, the thing, but like the yeah. most beautiful being yeah. in, in, in heaven. Uh, and <laughs> she would always be like, he was beautiful. Lucifer was great. He just made one mistake. He so Lucifer is like a fucking snack. He made one mistake in his youth. <laughs> Still paying for that shit, man. You know, yeah. I, I, like I said, I like the idea of them being one and the same, or at least they're being like a part of the same, uh, the company, right? Like we're on two different yeah. things. I handle all the cool shit. You handle all the bad shit. We still meet. We get lunch every Tuesday at Crispers. You know what I mean? Like I don't. I haven't seen a Crispers since I've been in Florida. By the way, I don't know where the fuck that came from. But like, I I like that idea so much more than the kind of idea we get because again, it's a god who does not deal with any dissent, who is infallible to the point where if you even mention that you have some doubts, you're getting cast down into fucking unqu. The quote is unquenchable fire bro like that's fucking crazy to me hmm yeah it's not great <laughs> doesn't sound like a great time i mean i just wondered if like you like shit hell might be real and it sounds awful i mean i didn't like florida because of the humidity so i can't imagine i'd enjoy hell you know doesn't yeah. sound like the best place to be I, I don't know if he if he's like uh infallible then uh, why why do people uh uh, wouldn't he know if people were gonna like uh, betray him or whatever or do the wrong thing so w- wouldn't he like preemptively cast him into hell yeah well that gets into a whole precog fucking minority report in heaven situation where he's just like look they're <laughs> gonna get me I gotta kill them they haven't technically committed any crimes god doesn't matter like but why would they even be a threat to him <laughs> fucking guy he can like he just reset a, everything he created the threat he, this is a bug's life he created his own crisis and then needed to be the hero of the crisis it's like well i don't wow. know, like come oh, on, bug's God. life it's a bad <laughs> Speaking movie of which i saw i saw toy story 4 oh, i don't know if you've I seen, haven't it. seen it how'd you feel about it it was weird probably should have stopped huh I, I hear the ending is pretty lit but i hear the movie itself isn't great it was, it was it's just real weird man like it was not what i expected it to be it's not really trying to be better than Toy Story 3, so I'll give it credit for that. But like a good two-thirds of it are set in a weirdo antique store that's populated by like creepy ventriloquist dummies. Um, As it should be. It's a really strange... And, and like all of like the bit players like Ham and uh, Rex and all them, like they're, they're like reduced to like maybe two, three minutes of like actual like speaking screen time. And the rest of it is just like Woody fucking around with Bo Peep, trying to get a a little fork guy back. A forky. People like forky. I haven't seen it. I don't care. It was all right. I don't know. It was Nothing. a strange. It was a strange movie. It was inessential. I didn't hate it, but um, I just really, I, I want Pixar to just fucking get back to basic. Like, like uh, Soul, Soul looks, looks good. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. Soul looks really good. Uh, Onward, I have legit no desire to see at all. Me neither. I, I just don't know when that happened, man. Like, when did Pixar become like this sort of like inessential viewing? Because for a while, like they were infallible, man. Like they uh, were, they were better. They were doing better than God track record wise. Like, <laughs> God had more dissent than Pixar did. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I think part of it, part of the problem, and I do want to get back to Angel so bad in a second because I have something to say about mm-hmm. that. But I think part Trump, of the problem right? was like there was a time where you had Lassiter, Brad Bird. Pete Doctor and one other guy I'm totally fucking blanking on and I'm really sorry. Andrew Stanton. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, 
those guys are responsible for all of the things we think of when we talk about Pixar. Obviously, Lasseter did the Toy Stories, and he also did Cars, so he gets canceled out. Plus, you know, yeah. the whole molesting people thing is not great. Uh, but but Brad Bird like kind of made that jump and isn't doing that. Brad Bird gave us The Incredibles, and he gave us Ratatouille, and it's wonderful. And uh, Incredibles 2 is good. It's not great. Um, and then, you know, Pete Docter, we disagree on Up. But I think Pete Doctor has also done great work. I also really liked Inside Out. And it's like, Pete Doctor's doing Soul. That's why I'm excited about Soul. All the other ones, these recent movies have pretty much not been uh, by the, the heavy hitters. And the only one I've yeah. loved has been Coco. Like, Coco, if you haven't seen that, like, Jesus fucking Christ, watch Coco. Um, because it's kind of lovely. It's a beautiful little movie. Maybe you have to be Spanish. I don't want to say that you have to be Spanish, but there is a definite connection to the source material that way. Um, did you see it and not like it? You're just looking at me weird. No, I haven't seen it. It's really I nice. saw Brave finally. I don't know if I told you that. Was it lit? It was all right. <laughs> I, it was also like a weird movie where like it wasn't what I expected it to be. Like, do you know what that's about? She's a she's a princess fighter in Scot Scotland. Okay, so you don't know what it's about. Cool. At so all. like it's yeah. a, it's about this princess who is uh, you know she's kind of a tomboy and she's like due to marry like one of the boys from the other clans and it's what's keeping the kingdom united, mm -hmm. and uh, basically she finds a witch in the forest and uh, curses her mom by accident, um, and makes her mom turn into a bear. Whoa! And like, yeah, and this her took mom, a turn. Like, starts and her mom just starts going feral and stuff, and she has to figure out how to turn her mom back. And it literally becomes like a movie where it's just this girl in the woods with her mom trying to find this fucking witch and her mom kind of starting to turn into an actual bear, like mentally. Sounds good. I mean, like, what do you want? They're not playing it safe. Like, they didn't go into a meeting and got that fucking greenlit. Sounds good. What do you want? what's even better like the source of the conflict is that like from the beginning like her father's like this king warrior or whatever who like was famous for fighting this ferocious grizzly bear or whatever oh, so he hates bears right. he's very prejudiced against bears very anti-bear and right. now the mom's she's loose in the castle what's gonna happen few is times, everyone aware that she's a bear or no no they just oh. think it's a bear that's in the castle Dad is not about that. So there's like a scene where the dad almost kills the mom, not knowing it's his fucking wife. Does does Brave? I assume that's her name. Does she say? Does she say something? Uh, I mean, you just have to see it, man. Like she tries. <laughs> this movie's six years old. You just gotta see it, man. Come on. Like... Uh, also, all of her little brothers turn into tiny bears. Like it, it's it's a whole thing, man. It's a it's it's a journey. I didn't hate it though. It was weird. But again, not an essential film. It's not something right. like you have to see it, you know? Right, right, right. I just told you the most interesting thing about it, which is that her mom turns into a bear. It's not in the previews, by the way. I got to give him credit for burying yeah, that. I, di I didn't see it coming. I thought it was just going to be about an Irish girl running around doing adventure shit. Right. Oh, so she's Irish. I thought she was Scottish. I was going to say witches or Scotland, Scot Scottish, bro. Irish. I don't know. Yeah. It's one of those. <laughs> You're one or both of those. You I'm both of those, so I can say that. <laughs> Redhead people, yeah, they're all the fucking same. Uh, no, that's that's really. I mean, I don't know. I'm actually sort of interested in that now. Uh, I did. I did want. <laughs> I'm gonna go watch this when this is over. I wanted to tell you really quickly, just because, like, because um, I brought up Metatron earlier, who is the the speaker of God or whatever, but he's right. apocryphal. He's not in the Bible. The only place where Metatron shows up is like in Kabbalah text and shit and apocryphal novels that they took out of the Bible, um, which I thought was interesting in and of itself. 
Go ahead. Is this like the in terms of like you know like Latin roots of words and stuff? Is this like where, why we call a jumbotron a jumbotron? Is because it's like the vo- like this is like the the thing that speaks to the audience? Like this Ooh, is what gives you. Yeah, that. maybe. Let me look at the etymology of that because it probably right. Metatron, like the whole idea was that Metatron was the uh, god. Um, humans couldn't conceive An electronic. Do you want to find out? Let's bring this to a screeching halt. Let's just figure out how, like, I was talking shit about the apocryphal Bible, but secretly it's responsible for thousands the movie of words. Tron? <laughs> Tron Legacy, etc. Uh, yeah. Metatron is not in the Bible, but apparently the burning bush was him. He was the guy who scribed the, uh, the, the Ten Commandments as well, Ooh. which I never thought. That. I'm looking up pictures of Metatron, and it's like a weird, trippy star. Yeah. He was a trippy guy. He was voice of God, but that comes Wait, with his is own this problems. Wait, like is this like a separate guy with his own wants and needs or whatever? And he's just like the, it's like Obama's anger translator. Like, like <laughs> right. what, what? Well, that's the thing. They never get into Metatron's motivations. What makes him tick? You know what I mean? Like, you just, anytime anyone's ever talked to God in the entirety of the Bible, they're not talking to God. They're talking to Metatron. That's the one mm-hmm. thing that he's fucking doing. So I find that really interesting. But of the order of angels, right? Because there's the seraphim, which they're like yeah. the, they're the rock stars of angels. Okay, they're the badasses. But what I didn't know is that the second layer, like the second, like the second in command of all the seraphim, get fucking coronavirus in heaven, and they're like, we can't, we can't be here. The cherubs, little babies, little baby angels, man, they run shit in heaven. Little babies. <laughs> little oh, they babies. do. Yeah, they're the second in command, man. Second that highest order. That seems like a bad idea. <laughs> Yeah, well, they're the guardians of the Ark of the Covenant, which is like you also put babies in charge yeah, of the Ark of the Covenant. In charge of that, like get out of here. That's the one thing I think Raiders really needed was some cherubs for no reason, you know, just showing up, dancing. Just some, just some babies, like not on my watch, Buster. And the Nazis just shoot cherubs. <laughs> they're like, well, they're not babies; they're angels. <laughs> Sorry, let's not clutch our pearls here. Oh, I thought they were babies. You know, it's like. Oh, well, <laughs> intention doesn't matter, apparently. <laughs> you escaped by on a technicality. Like the Nazi is like disappointed is that character because he wanted to be a regular baby. No, that Nazi really commits. He <laughs> doesn't get credit for it. He knows what he likes, which is killing innocent babies. And a cherub is a poor substitute for an actual uh, Yeah, baby. I mean, I'm, I'm not endorsing his behavior here. I'm just, you know, creating a character... Well, but here's the thing. If you keep going down this list long enough, uh, there are some truly bizarre fucking ones. Like, uh, there's this thing called Dominions, right? They're not after cherubs. There might be fifth or something. But uh, Dominions, they're responsible for figuring out how nations do. Like, all the strife and all the good things and bad things that happen to nations. It's not God. We've been doing this all wrong. God apparently is a real delegator of his responsibilities that we found what out. What does he do day to day? nothing he just sits there drinking fucking mojitos doing nothing like i'm so sick of this god meanwhile you got little babies guarding artifacts and then you've got entire like like uh, dr strange love war rooms being like i don't know how do you feel about haiti i don't know earthquake it like that's what they do anything bad that happens anywhere earthquake it earthquake it <laughs> and they don't care they're so there's i don't know man they fucking bother me uh <laughs> Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just like when you think about this long enough, you start thinking about biblical hierarchy. You're just like, wait, what? Yeah. None of this. How does that that work? And like, how does heaven work? I know we've talked about this before, but it's like, 
okay, I'll give you a what if, you know, like yeah, what, what if, you know, you hate your aunt Eunice, but your aunt Eunice fucking loves you. She mm. dies. Then you die and you both go to heaven. And her version of heaven is one where you're there with her. Your version of heaven is one where she's not there. How does that work? How does heaven negotiate that? Do they like create a copy of you that would love to be there with Aunt Eunice, or is it something else? And yeah, I mean, you're, you're you're asking the questions that immediately poke up. Like, my mom's gonna hate this episode. Sorry, uh, <laughs> because it's like, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Okay, none of it fucking <laughs> makes sense because it's like either heaven is this perfect utopia where everyone's idea of heaven is a conformist version of heaven, therefore yeah. immediately not ideal. By the way. Um, or everyone has their own individual heavens. Now that's pretty, but it certainly takes away from the whole point of the book that they wrote. <laughs> like, you right. know, there's one heaven. You really got to like me in order to get to that one heaven. But secretly, there's billions of heavens. Like, it's not that shit. I mean, you no. Know, Bill and Ted got it right with hell, where it's like it's just a personalized hell that's personal to you. Yeah, and that, but that that always made more sense to me because, like, it's sort of good places. It's like you want the punishment to fit the crime i guess like right. you would want to have the most hellacious thing to be your hell for all of eternity uh likewise like heaven seems like that would get boring after a couple eons you know what i mean like right that's what lucifer did it he was like fuck i just want something to do like for fuck's sake and then he you know led a rebellion against god yeah well i think i've told you there's a character in buffy the vampire slayer who's like this valley girl or whatever who's kind of the villain of the show till she becomes a like a good person and uh she she like earns her spot in heaven by like making an ultimate sacrifice after dying um then she gets there and she like just gets real bored with it because all heaven is in that universe is just you merge with a bunch of twinkling sparkly lights Uh, and just peace and love and she's like i'm fucking bored yeah that sucks i'm sorry (laughs) Like, I'm tired all the time. I just want to sleep. Like, that sounds cool sometimes. I got to be honest. But, like, I don't know. And here's my thing. Here's my thing. The two lowest forms of angels, by the way, are, like, the famous ones, like, that you know. Like, Gabriel. Like, you know, Gabriel. He's the second lowest. His job is just to be an errand boy, basically. He goes around and gives messages to people. And then the last order is just guardian angels. So we, in our lexicon, and oh, you must have a guardian angel or something. So, like, Michael from, uh, with John Travolta. Yes, where he Lowest fucking, scene. he fights that bull. That's all I remember about that movie. He like runs into a ram. It's not a bull. Like they, he, yeah. he fights that thing. But my point is like, yeah, that's the lowest version. Those are the minimum wage employees of heaven who are just like, I got to look at this guy all the time, make sure he doesn't get hit by a bus. Like use your fucking eyes. Like we gave you evolution and I still have to waste my time doing this. Like b- back in the other part of heaven, I was an engineer. Okay. But they don't accept my fucking angel degree on this side of heaven. And I got to be yeah. a lowly guardian angel. Bullshit. What, what is up with uh, 1997 and John Travolta? Like 1997 era John Travolta. Phenomenon, bro. Uh, did, did Phenomenon and Michael and Face Off. He was, he was fucking oh. busy that year. <laughs> Face Off. He employed the whole adage of you do two for me and one for you. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and Face Off was the one for him. Oh, that was definitely for him. Come on. <laughs> like, oh, wait, you good looking. No get one watched that movie and thought that Travolta like didn't get the fucking uh, catbird seat in that situation for sure. Man. It's like, had he ever even met Nicolas Cage? Because whatever that impression was, was not even an approximation. We've Nicolas. talked about this before, but it's like, it sucks because that movie sort of proves like, oh, he's pretty, like Nick Cage is all right. <laughs> like, he at least is trying like to affect mannerisms that are Travolta. Right. There's a couple of times where he's subtle in that movie. <laughs> 
Uh, that bar was so low that we're actually praising that shitty performance. But uh, hey, he tried. Ang Lee sure Effort is half the battle here because I'm not sure Travolta tried anything that day. I think he was. Tra- I think that's the tragedy of Travolta. The Travolta tragedy is that he was trying. <laughs> the Travolta. And that was the best he could do. Do you think every good performance by him has been just pure luck? You know, like lightning will strike eventually if you just, if you conduct like if you have a lightning rod, eventually you'll get something good out of it, right? Like, what, was he ever good? Is my question. He was good for the things he was in, like for the mold. Like, say what you want about Saturday Night Fever, he played that role fine. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was what or the like role Pulp Fiction, where he has to play like a fucking uh, burnout loser. Uh, kind of hitman guy kind of nailed that I was gonna say that's the thing for a lot of people like Travolta when I was a kid it was weird because all I had seen was um, the look who look who's talking movies and then right. the next thing I saw was Pulp Fiction and you're like oh that's a different was the premise role. of the look who's talking movies that the babies like that the parents could understand the babies or that the babies just talk to each other like Rugrats right okay so there's three of these fucking movies by the way <laughs> if you could believe it the most look unlikely trilogy T-O-O and they bring in Roseanne Barr because the first baby is Bruce Willis. The second baby is Roseanne Barr and Bruce Willis's babies, which admittedly is a good idea. I mean, when someone greenlit that in the 90s, they're like, Roseanne Barr, Bruce Willis, babies. I'm like, all right, fuck, give them 50 million for that project. But the third one, the dogs start talking. It's not even about the kids anymore. It's about dogs hanging out. Right. It's just weird that the baby's internal monologues are of a full-grown adult people. But once they hit the age where they actually start talking, they'll be talking as children. But will they still be hearing the voice of, you know, Roseanne Barr or Bruce I think that's what's so frustrating about babies is that inside every baby is a 50-year-old intellect, but their little baby (laughs) brains can't put it into words yet. That's why babies throw tantrums. They're just not understood. You know, because like, they, they've got this like running acerbic, you know, uh, social commentary monologue going on where they're making, you know, profound witty remarks all the time, but nobody's around to appreciate him because it's a little baby voice saying it. Right. Fucking what a torture being a baby yeah. must be, you know, like, do you think Ben Button really lucked out on that because he got all his faculties first and then went right. backwards? Yeah. I mean, Benjamin Button got the best deal out of all of us. Are you kidding me? We're talking about him like he was a real guy. He might have been. I don't know, man. Like, but I mean, you, you go senile and turn into a baby. Like, that's the perfect situation, you know? Yeah, I remember reading that book as a teenager. And what I really loved about it is the final pages of that is now he's a baby, you know, <laughs> to the end of that. <laughs> and and, and, and <laughs> is that funny? He's a baby. I'm just picturing like really like beautifully written prose. And now he's a baby. Chapter 17. And now he's a baby. It's a short uh, he, story. There's no chapters. Benjamin Button uh, shit his diaper on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday. They went the other direction with it. It was really pretty, actually. What they say is that all he remembers, like the last thing, and again, it's sort of like Flowers for Algernon, where it's written in this like uh, first-person narrative, so you can sort of understand exactly like what they're thinking. You can assume their point of view or whatever. Right, and even though it's not, it's not first-person, but they talk about like whoever the person writing it is inside of their brain so that you can feel all the emotions and shit like that. So it's not third-person omniscient, it's something else. But they talk about the last page is just like the sensation of warm milk. Like that's what he remembers and then nothing. And I'm just like, oh, mm. that's probably really nice as a baby. Like, you know, like it's... <laughs> No, I'm just saying you're comforted by nothing. Like when you're that yeah. kid, all you need is like some milk and someone to hold you. And that's all it takes. And the older you get, the more broken and fucked up you are as a person. And you need more to feel okay with things generally. Right. Like, so it's like the end of this story is really sad because it's a death, but it's not the same death that we're used to. And yet, like when people are about to die of old age, they usually know they're about to die as a baby. You don't have any of that. Yeah. 
it's it's fucked up it's a fucked up thing like what you just said like uh the idea that like the longer you live the more neuroses and like uh fucked up trauma you kind of you know take on i'm living that shit Uh, and it's like why do people want to live forever like we're talking about like the first day mortal human and like people like live until they're 200 and shit Mm -hmm. like that's on the horizon scientifically it's like why would you want to That'd be terrible. That'd be cool if you got to stay 25 forever. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah. like, I don't see any reason if, to want to be If you're like 200. a monster mash skeleton person, if you're crypty, like get out of here. Well, like, well, well, like that might be the Crypty's one. He's making the most out of that situation. You know, they gave him lemons. <laughs> he fucking made lemonade out of that fucking situation. And I, I wish I had that puppet, you know, it's in some Why? warehouse somewhere just going to waste. We can get it, man. We need to because that thing would probably closer to you than it is to me, man. Callie, let's write that screenplay like two lifelong friends. (laughs) Whole worldview warehouse to steal the crypty puppet. Well, because our entire worldview, like we 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 have a subplot where we were raised in a bunker and the only thing we had was tales from the crypt, and that became our oracle and our fucking like became everything. (laughs) That's how we (laughs) learned about people and human nature and everything. So naturally, we're very well adjusted. And here's the thing. We think he's real. Like, we know he's a puppet, but we also think he's real. So we're, we're going to go break in and find our father figure. Haven't I told you that thing? When I was a kid, it's one of the, the dreams I remember more than anything. Uh, we mm. talked about this on the, the episode 17 or something live from Krabby's Crypt. But it's like, I had a dream where he was, like, my guardian. <laughs> like, he was my legal guardian. We would go to, like, the underworld markets. He would tell me to get one candy. <laughs> like, this was an actual dream I had of Cryptkeeper being, like, kind of an okay dude, even though he was always scary. And so, like, I, I like the idea of, like, especially when you're a kid, you don't differentiate those things. Like, I didn't know that he was a puppet until I was old enough to know, hey, that's a puppet. You know what I mean? Like, right. I thought <sighs> it was a creepy man. You know, I, I mean, again, I'm sorry to repeat this, but like my stepdad, fucking abusive asshole. <laughs> he would put, he would put, like, not really, but he knew I was scared of that, and he would just like he would want to get rid of me. He had it recorded on a VHS, like an episode. So as soon as that Danny Elfman bum 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 bum, I'd be like no! mm-hmm. running upstairs <laughs> because I was so scared of Crypty. And at, again, at the end of that theme song, what happens? Crypty's like, yeah! he comes out of the fucking coffin. Right. But the like the the crazy thing about Crypty, and I was scared of him too. But like he's the least scary part of that show. Now, as an adult, it's he's awesome. He's adorable. He's sassy. He was a gay icon. He's incredible, man. Like <laughs> I don't know what happened, but uh, it's 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 almost like Chucky or Freddy Krueger. Like it plays yeah. one way when you're a kid. It becomes a much different experience once you get to a certain age. It just becomes hilarious, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Myers and Jason are bullshit. Like no pathos. Like I don't know anything about them. Like too scary. Right say something which is which is why like michael myers still remains like kind of fucking creepy but uh, well, because he's no. the shape you know like he's this thing he's just a like in the in a way that i never felt scary for jason Voorhees, you know like because well, that was like people forget but that was a ripoff of halloween man that yeah. was like the sonic the hedgehog cash-in on the super mario brothers which is what uh fucking sonic has always been a fucking ripoff by the way people forget that too there's weird nostalgia there those games are shams they're bullshit i don't like them yeah I, as someone who didn't what, play a video game goes on loop de loops you were like collect rings before you got a video game you don't know shit about video games you were like i oh. love how you're acting like i never played video games before then like what do you think i did when i went over to other kids houses i have I opinions. Didn't know that you they went better. over to anyone's house 
I didn't know you had friends as a kid. Like, I thought you were just hanging out watching, like, French foreign films with your dad and shit. Like, you've always told me that your dad was, like, your dad was mad at you about, like, watching Barney or something. Because, <laughs> like, even, even as, like, a two- or three-year-old, the expectations were sky high. And you needed yep. to be watching good, good shit. So I just figured yeah, your like, entire you know, childhood. I was, like, four or five, and I was watching some Barney, you know, as four or five-year-olds do. And he was like, oh, this again still? <laughs> That's all he said, and then he walked out of the room, and I was like, oh. "I don't think I've ever liked your dad more than in that story." <laughs> like, I don't know if that's the takeaway from that story, but abuse. <laughs> Where's my burrito? <laughs> <laughs>